the deeming is a mountain but if you have a team of mountain climbers it's just a mountain all right so that was a bookend so I just want to put some context into the uh, beginning of this uh, before uh, the show goes uh, I really like this show uh, the best show I've done yet so it's going to be primarily dealing with uh, the VTA group, which is the Vapor Technology Association, which is a new association that has sprung out within essentially the last four or five months. And it's aligned with tobacco interests, uh, the tobacco interests specific to uh, vaping, uh, large vaping uh, tobacco type people. I guess under the presumption that somehow if that money was brought in, to the vape advocacy side from the tobacco companies that uh, it would enable vaping better to uh, fight these regulations uh, to the point where I've heard uh, folks like Dimitri saying that uh, RJR Reynolds is uh, is somebody that is wanting the grandfather date changed. Uh, I just don't don't believe that for a second uh, because the only people that will survive has been said over the years if the grandfather date doesn't change is uh, is R.J. Reynolds and Altria and the rest of them. So that's been the, at least the common thought, uh, and I've never heard other people change that. Now, I still am saying that there are ways to get past that, so I'm not changing mine. But uh, the, the common held belief out in the world, uh, if you read the press releases, if you read all the things, is that if the grandfather doesn't change, doesn't change uh, Altria is going to be the only people, uh, R.J. Reynolds will be the only people. Some other concerns with R.J. Reynolds authoring the Cole Bishop Amendments is that uh, they are an advocate of closed systems, and they put those comments into the FDA. So I've got my guard up against R.J. Reynolds as much as I can, uh, as absolutely much as I can. If people want to let their guards down to R.J. Reynolds, that's their business. Uh, when the Cole business, uh, when the Cole Bishop Amendments were put across, the uh, congressman putting it forward said that it would allow the FDA to regulate and ban flavors and they said that in those words and so people claim that they think that that's not a real thing and I would urge caution to anybody when congressmen and bills are getting passed under the banner of the ability to ban flavors and for people, lay people, just to say, oh, that, that doesn't make sense. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons why uh, we all know that they, that is something that they've been wanting. There's no question about that. So when this Cole Bishop bill came across uh, and I saw the attack on flavors, and I saw that they had done these other things. They had asked um, for the Democrats to support it, and the Democrats did support it. So then you look at what are the anti-vaping groups going to say about all of this? And they said nothing. They were just as quiet as, as, as quiet as can be. And so to me, that says something. Uh, it's the glance indicator, if you will. If he's against something, uh, it's probably a good thing for the industry. If he's not against it, it's probably a bad thing for the industry. Uh, until he changes his perspective on vaping, which maybe someday he will do, but until he does that, um, when he does not remark about what 
vapors are saying is a gigantic victory, that's something that should be considered. And that is something that I do consider. And it's the same thing when he, uh, when all this stuff with diacetyl came out, uh, you know, diacetyl AP, acetylpropanol, he was real quiet on it. He's, I don't, not sure if he's ever really said much about it at all. I think there might have been one thing on his blog, just a real quick thing. But if it was going to be in a very super effective tool, or, 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 you know, if it was going to be a giant lever against uh, the vaping industry, he would have picked it up. Uh, I know a lot of people like to say, oh, look, he's just a car mechanic. Uh, he isn't. He, he has a better background than that, uh, whether you like it or not. And, uh, you know, he's an old, you know, dumpy guy, uh, lives in San Francisco, I guess. Uh, but he has a chalk full, a, chalk, a chalkboard full of wins. Uh, and so if that, that's your opponent and the guy's won and he's won a lot. And so if you want to, you know, think he's a chump or some sort of car mechanic. And, and by the way, what's wrong with the car mechanic? I would rather have a good car mechanic as a doctor than I would have somebody that just, you know, graduated from college. There's a certain mechanical aptitude you want for surgeons surgeons uh, that you want uh, those skills with. So uh, take it easy on, a, on the car mechanics is what I say. Uh, but I'm digressing. I'm definitely digressing. Uh, and I'm trying to make this show a, a faster show. So uh, I know that there are some people that are concerned that there are people that are supporting the Cole Bishop uh, Amendment. And, uh, you know, why uh, don't you just want to support it? Because, uh, for example, Kassaw is now a supporter of the Cole Bishop Amendment. Well, in this show, what you'll hear me do is do uh, read the law and read, do legal analysis of it. And I have not seen that out of Kassaw. And I guess I wouldn't expect it. Uh, I w you know, uh, if they wanted to, they could have hired a regulatory attorney and have them get you know, very good impressions of what that law is actually doing. I don't see that Kassaw has done any of that. And, you know, maybe they shouldn't do it at all because they're a consumer organization and all of this stuff affects businesses. And so it's not really exactly in their purview and they want to, you know, be a stickler that they want to, to do stuff for consumers. And so it's not, uh, this is not talking about consumers. It's talking about how the businesses will be regulated. Um, but Kassaw has not done a legal analysis. They, they don't have a regulatory lawyer on staff. Uh, I'm aware that uh, Julie might have been a lawyer at some time, uh, but I don't believe that her expertise is in regulatory affairs, and certainly she hasn't rendered a legal opinion. So if Kassaw wants to do that, or if other organizations, uh, for, for example, Vista, uh, Vista is uh, is out there, and they have lobbyists, and that's their whole thing that they want to talk about uh, the lobbyists that they have. I haven't seen a dedicated, you know, real strict paper write-up of what the ramifications of the Cole Bishop amendments are. In fact, I haven't heard anybody talk about the items that are riding along with the predicate date change at the beginning, and so that's what this show does. I will talk about, I will read the law, I will talk about what these implications are. And these are not just willy-nilly, itty-bitty, tiny-whiny uh, little changes that they're doing. It's the Cole Bishop Amendment, along with the predicate date change, removes First Amendment rights of uh, advertising. It requires that accurate uh, 
verifiable labels are placed on uh, the product and if the product is found to be unverified to the accuracy of the nicotine count that that product can be misbranded. It's requiring a national database of every single vape shop that uh, is in the United States to register with the federal government and that's in comparison to what the deeming rule does with vape shops and the current deeming doesn't do anything with vape shops with the exception of vape shops that do mixing in-house and that's because they are manufacturing liquids but this is not talking about manufacturing of e-liquids that's not the people that have to register it's all 30,000 vape shops have to register with the federal government and there's a kicker on that which I'll talk about it's just which that database uh, which will be created is available to any anti-vaping group that wants to get it so for example Glance Glance can walk over ask you know the FDA to give them the list and the way the law is specifically written they get he, he would get the entire list all of it and so if there's head shops if there's gas stations I think uh, anybody that is selling uh, any vaping hardware that has nicotine and that's another thing that it changes it changes the way that uh, we are regulated uh, it, it adds regulations inside a different component of the FDA and that component is uh, the Federal Drug and Cosmetics Act uh, the FDNC so that's the main law that enables the FDA the Tobacco Control Act is a little sidelight uh, to the FDA and that's giving them regulation of tobacco products and that was what everybody said was so unique in 2009 when the thing was passed it for the first time gave the FDA the power to regulate tobacco otherwise tobacco had been regulated as tobacco and as we all know tobacco is a deadly product that kills people it kills people with proficiency and ease and and, and great great damage um, and the FDA never had any amount of control over stopping that in fact the Tobacco Control Act still allows and will continue to still allow tobacco products to be sold. So, VTA is saying that the HR 2058 is dead, and they're saying that uh, Congressman Cole doesn't support his own bill. I want to say clearly is I don't believe VTA. I don't believe that's a truthful statement that he doesn't support his own bill. I don't think he has given up on it. So if Senator Cole, uh, sorry, Congressman Cole is going to go withdraw his bill, uh, then, uh, then uh, I, I think that would, that would change my mind. But instead, uh, from 53, I think there was in the last week and a half, five new people have jumped onto H.R. 2058. And I'm, I'm watching uh, Dimitri say the thing is dead and buried. I, I'm watching other people, this uh, Kevin Skipper guy uh, who runs VCC, um, which is a uh, group. He, he says that he wants people to support uh, HR 2058, but just for everybody to realize that it's a wasted effort and it's dead, and you know, just realize that. But go ahead and uh, put up a brave face and just you know, uh, you know, shine it on. And uh, that's how he's describing what uh, HR 2058 is. Now, HR 2058 is simply changing the predicate date, 
and you know all of these legal analysis uh, sorry the 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 poli sci people uh, are going around, uh, supposedly saying, "Oh, look, the 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 uh, HR twenty fifty eight has a has a two percent chance, or some some sort of you know uh, quotient that they want to say is the likelihood of HR twenty fifty eight to pass." And you know these are the same political science majors that have been assessing Donald Trump the whole way through. And if you would be listening to them, you would believe that Donald Trump could have never gotten the uh, nomination for the Republican Party. So, I mean, consider the source. And so, you know, H.R. 2058 is a very simple bill. And the best thing why it's simple is that it's going to be easier for people to sign on to it because it is so simple. It does one thing and it does it very clearly. And so there's not a lot of uh, baggage in it. Now, with this Cole Bishop amendments, it's quite different. It creates a lot of baggage. And, you know, one thing is that R.J. Reynolds is a sponsor and author and contributor to the Cole Bishop amendments. And they are adamant that they want closed systems and they want closed systems because that's a way for them to compete against the gigantic number of small microbreweries of e-liquid and if they can close the systems down and then make it so there's only a limited amount of flavors then they can compete and right now they're unable to compete and another bunch of people that's along with this Cole Bishop bill uh, is uh, are the uh, tobacco uh, distribution companies and the people that uh, you know the whole mega super strong distribution channel of tobacco cigarettes is behind the Cole Bishop amendments and so they are not pro vaping <laughs> they are they are not pro vape shop they they definitely are not pro vape shop. So I watched Tony, who is the uh, leader, for lack of better word, of VTA, go on to a White Cloud uh, conference, and I'm going to play you that clip. Uh, and uh, you can actually go onto YouTube and listen to the whole thing. Uh, but I don't believe his legal analysis is correct. In fact, I believe what he said is misdirecting the actual way that this law will play out once it is legal, once it is approved. He says that it doesn't create a new category, and it absolutely does create a new category, and that category is vapor products. And vapor products are different than tobacco products, which are currently being regulated by the FDA. They're different specifically because vapor products just need nicotine from any source in the world. So a lot of people are well aware that the FDA has said clearly that if it is not derived from tobacco, they don't have control over it. And so there's other people that are behind the times and that are they're saying, oh, well, synthetic nicotine is impossible to get. I watched Dr. Michael Siegel say that. And, you know, I, I really do like Dr. Michael Siegel. I've defended him when he's been attacked and other things. And uh, he's a great guy. But on this, he just doesn't have the data. He believes that a synthetic or a alternate form of nicotine is so cost prohibitive that it will never make the market and certainly not for many years. And that's what he said in, in an interview. But 
that is not true. There is a viable alternative to tobacco nicotine that is not cost prohibitive. However, it is supply prohibitive right now. But supply is not the hardest thing to solve, especially, you know, maybe to get the total amount of supply, uh, these guys have to buy a lot of product uh, that costs them higher that they want uh, at the beginning because they're, they're ramping up their manufacturing. But they'd still be better off in pricing it the same and taking less profit at the beginning to gain market share. There's all sorts of economic considerations they can do. But right now, my, the best of my understanding is this product would cost about 40 cents for a, three mil bo- a 30 mil bottle, as opposed to 2 cents for the current product of nicotine. It's easily affordable. It's not cost prohibitive at all. It might uh, be a, a gigantically wonderful business venture for these guys, and you know, God bless American ingenuity. Uh, but uh, you know, that that's what we're going to go through. And so, uh, I want to point out, and I just want to say it again: I'm going to be reading the actual law. Nobody's talking about these things. Uh, I think that there's 30,000 vape shops that are against the idea of needing to register with the federal government. I think there's more when you count, uh, you know, the different other venues that these things are sold. And I don't think anybody's been told that this is what's going to happen to them. And if you listen to the White Cloud Tony uh, Aboon presentation from VTA, he says that the industry has already said that they want these things. Now, who was the industry that did that? Was it just Dimitri whispered in his ear? Or, or was there a vote taken that somehow I missed? Was there uh, some sort of giant communication? And so again, CASA has not done a legal analysis in any great detail of what the associated amendments besides the predicate date come along, what those ramifications are to business, and they they wouldn't want to do that because that's not their business. Now there's other groups that may have put that out there, but I certainly haven't seen it. So that's what this show is. If you uh, you know uh, don't want to listen to the boring aspects of a law uh, that is coming straight at the vaping industry and is being pushed heavily, uh, and that is the Cole Bishop Amendments. If, if you don't want to hear the actual text of the law, this is not a show for you. Uh, you don't want to listen to this. You'll probably be better off watching a review of a product that's going to take you, uh, you know, two hours to get through some in-depth thing about how much uh, pounds of pressure it takes to push down a button. If that's your cup of tea, by all means. But, um, you know, I, I guess uh, I'm going to say it again. I'm butthurt. Uh, I'm mad. Um, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Uh, I'm getting banned out of face groups. And, uh, and nobody else has even looked at these things. So uh, before I get any more grief uh, for mentioning this stuff, before anybody says that I'm wrong, get your own lawyer. Take a look at it. Look at what all these things do. And I'll say it here, uh, you know, and as I say it later on, is that I believe the way the term print publication is written, uh, it has an opportunity, although not an assurity at this point, but an opportunity to affect advertising on the Internet. So you people that uh, make a lot of money by uh, pitching clicks and stuff uh, to different products, uh, you paid people for clickers, uh, this could affect you. 
Uh, and that is all premised upon uh, when I looked up what the definition of a print publication is, it, when I go and get it sends me over to the patent database and the patent database of the United States.gov uh, has uh, precedent law and cited case studies showing that the difference between a print publication in the eyes of the law and the internet is none. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of things in this. And so that, I agree, is an aggressive legal opinion of what this is doing. But again, CASA hasn't put one out. VTA hasn't put one out. I haven't seen anything from uh, Keller Heckman. I have not seen anything with a legal letterhead saying this is our analysis of these associated amendments. However, you all are just you know going on with it, uh, saying, yeah, 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 let's uh, push the Cole Bishop bill. Uh, so this show is all about telling you what else is coming along with the predicate date change. All right, uh, this is the Vape Week. Uh, Going to get things started here. Going to open up with uh, a little ditty here. And uh, what are we going to do? Uh, there's a large storm brewing. And uh, here's Storm Large. This is Storm Large. Uh, welcome to the Vape Week. It's been a miraculously, splendidly screwed up week again. Uh, they've been running like this ever since the uh, deeming was first hinted at coming out. And so uh, a lot of things been going on. And uh, 
As I said, I think uh, the thing that I'm currently the most concerned about of all the things that I think is unknown is this uh, rolling clusterfuck called the Cole, Cole Bishop Amendments. And uh, I think this thing is actually bad, bad news for the vaping industry. I, I think that, uh, you know, I've been looking at this thing ever since it came out, ever since they first said it was going to be able to go after flavors. And uh, people were telling me not to say anything. And then I uh, kept, on, kept on looking at it, kept on getting worse. And then I uh, put out, I thought I might want to go ahead and say, hey, guys, uh, this thing looks bad. Uh, this thing has a lot of implications to it. And uh, I'm not quite so sure if we're not going to be more screwed uh, if we accept this rather than we don't have anything at all. It's one of these type of decisions you have to go through, uh, you know, when you're making trade-offs is what if you don't do anything? Um, and so the, there's a whole premise that uh, all the products are going to be destroyed off the market if we don't get a grandfather date change. However, when I look at that, I know that that is not how industry participants are behaving. I do know that is how the... Uh, the raw raw section of the vaping advocacy on Facebook is going, um, but I don't think they're. I think they're generally out of their depth. Um, and then there's these these people out there uh, uh, that have banned me out of their little clicky groups. Uh, they they uh, they uh, become these little advocates, uh, and uh, then then they 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 create these little little uh, communities of rodents. And, uh, and then they do all their shit. And as I might have said once, the, the, I had a teacher in college that said uh, uh, deratomorphication would be the largest word I would ever learn that would actually mean something. And what ratomorphication is, is when you have a scientist put a bunch of little rats in the cage, they all start to get along, and then uh, they build up these little, little areas, and then they start to fight. And uh, once they start to fight... Um, there's nothing you can do about it. And then what the scientists do, they take the cage, you know, the big cage, and then they just shake the whole thing up like it's an earthquake. All their little territories get wiped out, and then uh, everybody gets along again. So, uh, I don't know. So, uh, I'm going to play here a, a the short clip of the longer clip that I'm about to play. And, uh, you know, there are, there's awful lot of people out there that are complaining. And... Uh, I don't hear them talking. I hear them just uh, pitching little hissy fits and not actually saying anything to the point where they'll just ban you. VTA Cole Bishop Amendments. Uh, the VTA group is really, really pushing the uh, Cole Bishop Amendments and there is a whole bunch of bad things in there that people are not talking about. Specifically, a national database of every single vape shop with open records of that database to anybody that wants to pull them. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So here is what Tony Abound from the VTA group said uh, to a question that was very similar to mine, however not exactly mine, uh, written by somebody else. That is basically saying you're creating a vapor product and that vapor product will be uh, regulated as a vapor product. And uh, that was the question. You'll hear the question, and uh, we'll go from there.
Uh, we have a viewer question. Is it true that the Cole Bishop Amendment contains new regulatory guidelines regulating us as vapor products instead of tobacco, uh, thus leaving us with a more um, a, a more detrimental outcome, giving big tobacco control over vapor products drafted by uh, RJR? Uh, no, on all counts. Um, that's an interesting question, but the answer is, is simply no. What the Cole Bishop Amendment does is it simply says, that um, you have to put on your packages uh, um, uh, uh, underage use prohibited. You have to put on your packages accurate nicotine content, that, you, that the FDA will start a battery uh, uh, regulation process, which they've already done. All right, so he goes on from there. Uh, and let's take a quick look at the law. I'm trying to do this as fast as possible. Nobody will listen to it. Um, so what this product does, it changes the grandfather date, then it creates a new product standard for vapor products and regulates all of the battery stuff. And uh, even though it says it has to be done within 21 months or 36 months, there's nothing preventing the FDA and the law from doing it in one month. They can move as fast as they want. These are do not exceed dates. Then it talks about uh, banning advertising for most publications, if not all. And I did a quick search uh, and found, uh, at least according to the patent office, there is no difference between an internet publication and a printed publication. They see them as the same thing. Uh, I haven't done that much more research on this, but I think that uh, that's the way the wind is blowing, that eventually the internet will take over print, and uh, things that say print publication are going to be the internet too. Um, Here's the other interesting thing is that if you advertise in the wrong publication and they, you get pulled in by the FDA, they can declare your products misbranded. Misbranded means you need to throw them into the dumpster. You can't sell them and you can't take them across state lines. Then it pro prohibits self-service displays, which is already in the deeming. Correct. Yes, it, it, that is correct. Except this is done for vapor products, the new vapor product standard. So they're regulating based off of the vapor product standard. And they do that. The next item is uh, labeling. So you have to have these keep out of the reach of the kids, underage sale prohibited, and then uh, the nicotine count. It says accurate nicotine statement. I guess that could imply testing for it. But if your labels are wrong, uh, they'll they'll call them misbranded and they'll make you throw them away. I don't. I'm not sure if they'll even allow you to rework them. I don't know. Um, so, the next thing is uh, annual registration for vapor product retailers. There's nothing like this in the current deeming. But if the Cole Bishop Amendment uh, passes, that means in 60 days, if you're a vape shop, you have to register with the federal government. Everybody. And I don't know who voted on this, but I imagine that a lot of companies don't want to do that. Just my guess. And here's the, the kicker to uh, your annual registration. Public access to registration information, the secretary shall make available for inspection to any person, any person so requesting. And they have to give over any registration filed under the section for somebody that's requesting. So this creates a giant database. Maybe you want to be part of that database. I don't know, but that's what's going to happen. So you give up your right for advertising and you put yourself in a national catalog. And the term vapor product uh, just basically means a vapor product, but the way they write it, they say 
that to produce a vapor from nicotine in a solution or other form. So that means that any sort of nicotine is regulated by this act. And it says to produce a vapor from nicotine. It doesn't say tobacco nicotine. Tobacco is really absent now. So they're not talking about tobacco. They're not talking about a whole bunch of different things. They're just talking about vapor products. All right. So uh, in a nutshell, that's it. Um, if you want all those things uh, in the Cole Bishop Amendment, then I guess you vote for it. If you don't want those things, then you don't. Uh, I've heard people giving gripe to people. Uh, doesn't really matter, does it? Uh, so that was a version that I did at about 3.30 in the morning. I was trying to just talk about all the talking points, just trying to get it all out there, and I'm trying to make it super short. Uh, and uh, basically, the Cole Bishop bill, or actually it's the amendments, creates a whole bunch of radical changes in order to get the predicate date changed. So what comes along with that is a every single vape shop in the country has to register with the FDA unless for some reason uh, it's already been done specific to vapor products on a state level. I'm not totally clear. I'd have to go and check and I'm not going to go and check but I think that most states don't have anything like that. So I'm just going to say it like this, is that every vape shop in the country is going to have to register with the FDA, give them all their information. Now, there's a little bit of a kicker on that, is that uh, you have to you have to have, uh, be willing, or actually, you don't have to be willing. Uh, by doing that, uh, the FDA will give out that list to anybody who asks for it, and it says it as clear as that. Anybody that wants that list gets it. So... Um, there's that. There's the uh, the people that are pushing the bill are saying that it will have the ability to regulate flavors and ban flavors. Uh, it's not currently all documented, but that is what they are saying. They are saying that 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 is what it can do. It needs to go into the Senate before anything happens. Uh, there's a group called VTA, which is a, a new group that's on the scene that is really pushing. Uh, the Cole Bishop amendments. They claim that they were instrumental in their implementation, and uh, I'll believe them on that, I guess. Um, but if you look at the the information, it says that R.J. Reynolds was it was key to it, and it says that Altria was also a key member, and it also says that the distribution channel of tobacco was also part of that mix. So uh, it, you give up your First Amendment rights. Uh, for advertising and that is regarding print publications and I've found law that indicates that the uh, the internet is a print publication in the eyes of the law I need to do a lot more work on that but I don't see why that would be incorrect especially with prior precedent out there so uh, there it is. Uh, what other things are in there? Oh, if your product, uh, if you happen to have a uh, an incorrect amount of nicotine as as measured, uh, that they can take your product off the shelves and uh, ban it uh, from being sold across state lines. Um, there's some things like that, and so uh, I'm going to go ahead and 
uh, trigger off uh, this presentation that I actually have already posted onto YouTube. It takes about 32 minutes. And uh, let me just double check to see uh, if there's uh, anything else I need to check right now. It doesn't look like it, so I'm going to launch this and I'll be back. So uh, I'll be welcoming your calls. All right, this is the Vape Week Special Report VTA Cole Bishop Amendment Edition. If you have questions, if you think that I'm wrong, I am welcome to taking your calls on my little podcast, which has live phone lines. Uh, you can call up, and uh, what you can do is you can uh, challenge me on anything you want, and I will respond to you. So you can listen today uh, on Friday, uh, which is going to be 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that's going to be on the vplivenetwork.com. Alternatively, it will be on vaporsplace.com slash VP live and so if you want to uh, do that uh, please do so but I want to go through this stuff because I think that there's uh, a lot of short attention span stuff going on out there and uh, I've come out against the Cole Bishop amendments and uh, I've been uh, banned for from groups for even suggesting such a thing and uh, I want to make it clear that I am absolutely confident in my own appraisal of this and my own appraisal is that uh, we do not want to have this amendment at all, even if it comes along with a predicate date change. So uh, what I'm saying, we don't want the predicate date change if it comes along with this set of amendments. And there's ample reasons for that, but I want to go through this fast because I believe that you my gentle listeners are being misled and it's not from this one it's not from me not I said the wolf so I'm going to play uh, this from Tony Abound who uh, is remarking on a question that was written by somebody but it wasn't written by me but it's like everything I was saying so somebody it looks like they took my arguments and then they wrote it as a question and uh it's pretty, it's pretty much on, you know, there's one little part in there which is a, is a little wrong because what I'm saying is that it creates a vapor product standard and concurrently all of the existing standards are, are going to be taking place. So we're going to be regulated under two frameworks. And what this question, the way I heard it, it's kind of saying an alternative one, but it, what, what I'm, so anyway, that's clear enough. Uh, so let's go ahead and, uh, and play the tape and I'm going to uh, rewind this I'm gonna do a little uh, rewinding here to emphasize some points uh, because I think that's gonna be the fastest way to emphasize it without you listening to me uh, we have a viewer question is it true that the Cole Bishop amendment contains new regulatory guidelines regulating us as vapor products instead of tobacco means new regulatory guidelines regulating us as vapor products instead of tobacco vapor products instead of tobacco, uh, thus leaving us with a more um, a, a more detrimental outcome, giving big tobacco control over vapor products drafted by uh, RJR? Uh, no, on all counts. Um, that's an interesting question. Uh, no, on all counts. Um, the Cole Bishop Amendment contains new regulatory guidelines regulating us as vapor products instead of tobacco. Uh, thus leaving us with a more. 
Uh, no, on all counts. Um, that's an interesting question, but the answer is, is simply no. What the Cole Bishop Amendment does is it simply says that um, you have to put on your packages uh, um, uh, uh, underage use prohibited. You have to put on your packages accurate nicotine content, that, you, that the FDA will start a battery uh, uh, regulation process, which they've already done. So, uh, you know, figure that into your analysis of what the, what the amendment actually does. Um, and uh, that uh, retailers who are, all, unless you're already registered to, uh, unless you're already required to register under a state or FDA law, that all of the other retailers will have to register with the FDA. So um, uh, I think the questioner is, is perhaps a, a bit confused about creating a new regulatory scheme. Uh, what's, what's, exception, what's most important is noting that all of the things that are in Cole Bishop are things that industry has already stood up and said, yeah, we think these things are reasonable. Yes, these are things that we should be doing. So, um, and that's why this amendment is actually accessible to people from both parties because they say, yeah, this is rational regulation. This is something that we should be doing. Um, and, um, and, and, and I think that that's why uh, uh, it, we have a good chance of success. Is there any uh, last point you wanted to leave us with? Um, well, really just the importance of what we're doing next. So um, we're going to be distributing some materials so that people can know how to push for the Cole Bishop Amendment. We're going to be working with our state organizations like Demetrius's group, the Tennessee Smoke Free Association, which has done great work uh, both at the state and at the federal level um, and in and, and our other affiliated groups. And um, so we, we, we encourage everybody to stay tuned and watch for the guidance that we are, we're going to continue to send out. So that was Tony Abound from uh, from the Vapor Technology Association, and I think that's pretty clear. The question was: Is it going to create a vapor product standard that we will be regulated on? And what I'm saying is that those new regulations are harsh. And he's saying no. Okay, so I think it's clear. Um, so I'm now going to go and read what you all are going to be signing up for if you support this Cole Bishop Amendment. All right, so I've been looking at this thing too much. Uh, so I want to I first disclose what I am trying to do. I am trying to sell picks and shovels to the industry. Those picks and shovels are going to be regulatory compliance information and, and getting things through the FDA. So in doing that, I am reaching out to e-liquid companies because I want to make money and profit off of this. I want to sell services to the industry and make money. I am trying to make money from vaping, okay? It, there's some nice things about vaping. It saves lives. Yeah, yeah, I got that. I know that. I get that. But I want to make money. So... That's a disclosure. Now, the reason here why I'm mentioning this now is because I've come to a new conclusion here uh, that uh, I want to be starting to talk to the distribution companies. Um, and the reason why um, is because I, I need to do that. Uh, and I think, looking at this now, that this is an attack on you. Um, and I'm doing this is like fresh, fresh stuff. But I'm looking at it here, and it has the Convenience Distribution Association uh, 
as one of these sponsors. And it also has the National Association of Tobacco Outlets. So as everybody knows, as the way that the cigarette industry works is that they have incredible amounts of distribution. They control all of the channels. And so they stick stuff in the convenience stores. And uh, basically, vape distribution is a competition to eat the lunch of the current distribution channel that puts things up, you know, right next to bubblegum. And because it's going into this alternative venue that they don't have any access to, you're eating their lunch. So I believe the reason why the Convenience Distribution Association and the National Association of Tobacco Outlets is on this is because they see vape distribution as something they need to snuff out. And the way they're going to snuff it out is they're going to... Well, let's go with a crazy theory. Here's a crazy theory. What if the convenience, uh, d- you know, the, the, the tobacco cigarette distribution uh, people were to somehow create a, a list, a registry of every single vape shop in the country and then have the government do that have everybody turn over their DBAs, all their information for the registration, and then if they were to do that, have it accessible to anybody that asked for it. That would be a conspiracy theory, correct? Okay, let's let's go on with this. All right, so I'm looking at the bill, and I'm going to go through the actual language. I'm not going to use any of the, the characterizations of it. I'm going to look, use the actual language of the bill, which everybody, I'm sure, has read. Right. Okay. So section one is the is the title. Section two is the change of the predicate date slash grandfather date, and it does that. It operates on the Tobacco Control Act. Okay. So that's section two. Uh, and section three is it says uh, product standard for vapor product va- batteries. So the first thing that you're going to see there is that it does not say tobacco. It says vapor product, and it says product standard for vapor product batteries. So that's the whole point. That's what that question was. Does it create a vapor product and regulate it as a vapor product? The answer is yes, already. Section 3, right there. We're already there. It's there. Now, what does this uh, regulation of batteries mean? Well, here's the short side. Uh, If you have a battery and it's in a mod, any part of that mod can go haywire. So it can go haywire at the coil or the, or the CPU or the board or the wires to the board or the spring clips. So the only way to have battery safety with regards to a vapor product is that the battery must be in a mod. So every aspect of that mod is now regulated. Yeah, that's the only way, it's the only possible way you can characterize battery safety is if you look at the entire system of what the battery is. So this gives and in on batteries. So while I've been saying for a long time, for two years, you can go back to ECF, and I was saying back then, two years ago, when the deeming came out, that you cannot, it's saying here, folks, guys, it's not regulating mods. And back then, I was saying, I was, I was using the word Proveri a lot. I, I am trying to get a free Proveri. Pro, that was, if anybody remembers what was going on, the world operated by Proveri contests. If you wanted to get things done, you had to have a Proveri contest. That's just a little history for some people. Proveri contests used to run advocacy. Um, So here it is. It's going to regulate 
every aspect of it. I used to say this wasn't possible, but now it is possible. Sucks for me. Sucks for you. Because if they regulate the battery, it doesn't even need nicotine. It's just saying a vapor... Well, actually, I'm wrong. It does need nicotine. I, I, I got to slow it down. Slow my roll. It's saying that... Uh, that they are going to write some uh, provisions of the law. They're going to need to propose it within 21 months. And then timetable timetable for rulemaking is uh, no later than 36 months. Here's what you'll notice with both of these things if you read the document. These are do not exceed dates. These are not as soon as you can do it dates. So they cannot exceed 21 months. They cannot exceed 36 months. They can do it in one month. And I think that if they wanted to, yeah, they could do it in one day. There's nothing preventing them from turning in their test early. They can do it. Everybody, you can't take longer than this, but you can do it faster. So people are not talking about this. So that's section three. That's the battery. It all folds together. Section four, vapor product advertising and print publications. This is where this bill takes away the rights of vaping forevermore to advertise in things like magazines. The criteria is no more than 15% be under 18, which I think almost all magazines have high schoolers using them. Uh, 15%, come on, the magazine parents buy it for them. Do you read Time Magazine? You're going to get 15% of the high school students across the nation saying yes, if nothing else, just to make their mommies happy that they answered it that way. Uh, and uh, and then you can't have anything more than two million. Say you had a magazine that had, you know, had five million uh, readership. I think what this says is this is read by fewer than two million persons younger than 18 years of age. So if any magazine, uh, Teen Beat, uh, anything uh, that has 2 million people under 18, doesn't matter. If if you had 2 million people under 18 and you had 25 million adults, I'm pretty sure it's saying that you, you can't advertise in that either. So anyway, these are uh, things that are taking away First Amendment rights. Yeah, who cares? Uh, we'll just not do it. We'll cower in the corner. We'll go outside. Uh, we've been so subjected. We're smokers, after all. And uh, we used to have to leave the building and, and be rained on outside. So we'll take this. We'll we'll take this lump. Just, just so long as you don't take away my damn vaporizer, I will give up my rights. That's what the Cole Bishop Amendment is doing. Now, here's the thing. And I've just started to look this up. This says in print publications. And then later on, it says uh, how it's characterizing it. For purposes of this section, adult publication is a newspaper, magazine, periodical, or other publication. And then if I look up a little bit further, it's saying other publication. It says whether periodic or limited distribution. I went and uh, searched on uh, print publication uh, internet, something like that. And what I've landed on is the government's uh, patent office. And uh, what they say uh, is there's previous case law saying that when it comes to the term print publication, the internet counts. So if it's if it's on the internet, it counts. And And I've got more data on that. So I in my appraisal as as the future unfolds for all of us the internet is going to be a print publication so when this just says other publication and when it says print publication it's 
a court later on in the future is going to rule, yeah, print publication. Well, if you go to the patent database, I, I see here that it already says that it's there's there's previous case law. So obviously, I'm gonna it's gonna happen. It, it this has an in on the internet. And it's logically, it makes sense that the internet is going to be regulated like a print publication. Because it is. And so, um, this has an angle on the internet. And and again, I just was looking at this last night. So if you want to say, oh, I'm way off, uh, I'm way off base on this one. Go ahead. I don't care. But, uh, you know... I think the MSA was created before the internet, and I don't see a single, have never seen a single Marlboro ad anywhere on the internet. And I kind of think that if they were able to, they would. And I kind of think that the MSA was written to say you can't advertise in publications. And I think because of the MSA and because of that agreement, that's why you don't see Marlboro ads. Again, I found this last night, you know, do what do what with it you will however the key part of this is vapor product it's advertising it's it's restricting advertising for the term vapor product it's new rules that are nowhere seen else in the deeming for the vapor product it's new regulations the next thing it, you might be able to grab a clue on it says prohibit self service displays of vapor products now these are supposed to be concessions to get the Democrats to come over. But if you read the deeming, it clearly says prohibit self-service displays, vending machines, for tobacco products. So where is the concession? If this were exactly the same, where is the concession? Well, obviously, it's again vapor products. It's a, a tidbit here on vapor products. So it, it seems very similar. Oh, we're, we're not giving up anything. You're giving up on a product standard that will be regulated and have more regulations dumped on it in the future. And that is the vapor product standard, which is concurrent, additional, supplementary, and they hit you with both fists. One fist tobacco product, one fist vapor product. You're getting two punches to the face and VTA is telling you, don't you want to be punched in the face? Next, in an absolutely similar vein, is the labeling requirements, Section 6. It's all for vapor products. It's all the same. Now, here's the thing that is, is duplicated between the, uh, that one and this one, which is enforcement. Here's the, here's the sweet little enforcement thing that's going to go for vapor products, both for advertising and for labeling. Enforcement. A vapor product that violates this section shall be deemed to be missed branded under section 903 of the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, 21 U.S.C. 387C. Misbranded? That doesn't sound so bad. It's like you took a steer and you put a brand on it and you uh, you hit it on the right ass instead of the left ass and so it's been misbranded. Doesn't sound that bad. Well, here's what misbranding means. If you have a misbranded tobacco product, it's illegal to sell that product. I don't know if you can rework it, change the label or whatever. I'm not sure. But it's illegal to sell that product. And it's illegal to take it across state lines. So it's more or less if they seize it as misbranded and they say, you can't ever sell this, it's misbranded, you know, that's the rule. They throw it in the trash. 
misbranded is like the most harshest thing that they can do to our products, whatever you want to call them. It's the most harsh tool. It's not like if you uh, put a wrong label on there, you're going to get hit with a $1,000 fine. If we find it, you do it again, you're going to get a 5000 fine. If we find it, you can do it again, we're going to get a fifteen. You know, It's not one of those. It's that if you put your your thing, if it goes into an advertisement, whether it be the internet under my theory, which is just a theory at this point, or you put it in you put it in a vape news magazine. If you stick it in anything and they say, Well there you do it, you, you just did it. Uh we we uh we did a survey on that vape news magazine and uh you know you see where I'm going with it. But the enforcement is not a fine. It's, it, it flows back to your actual physical products. That is harsh. And we'll go over that later, I mean, at some time. But I'm telling you, that is a harsh treatment if you accidentally advertise in the wrong spot. Or if you don't have your label correct. Now, I think the label correct, you, you'll probably be able to... Oh, 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 wait a second. I'm an idiot. Labeling requirements for vapor products. If you screw up, you get the enforcement I just said. So number one is, I I didn't read it. The phase, keep out of the reach of children. Okay. The phrase, underage sale prohibited. Anybody can comply with these. An accurate statement of nicotine content. An accurate statement. What is it? If you're doing 3% and you have 100% variance because you fucked up that day and you got 6%, Hey, they tested it. You're way off. You're 100% off. You fucked up. And they're going to fuck you up. The enforcement is they'll call you uh, misbranded. It's not just... I didn't know, you know, Look at this. It says an accurate statement. Accurate is something that can be measured. The FDA knows how to measure things. Statement. So whatever you say, 3% Nick, of the nicotine... What is If you're selling 1.5 and you actually accidentally uh, you, you mistitrate and you put out three and the FDA just so happens to have a database of every single vape shop and uh, oh, that's, that's, that's crazy thinking. How could they get a database of every single vape shop? Oh, well, I'm way off here, ain't I? Uh, so, uh, but they they can measure that, and then they can misbrand you. If they misbrand you, you can't sell it, and you can't take it across state lines. Isn't that a lovely? That's a lovely kicker. That that tells you they're doing something when they say, "Yeah, you can't move it across state lines." As a federal government, that is that is punishment. That is punishment. And so uh, here it is. Uh, here, uh, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, do we? I mean, this is this is crazy stuff. I mean, it's the predicate date. Anything with the predicate date, we gotta love. VTA is pushing this, man. Dimitri is telling us that you just, this whole you just want to uh, HR 2058. It's dead. It's gone. Nobody supports it anymore. You know, just fucking forget HR 2058. That does one thing that we know what it does. No, no, no. You want to have this stuff because he's telling you that anybody that doesn't do this stuff is an irresponsible person and that you should be out of the industry. Just like Robin and then, uh, you know, Joe stands up at VPX and they say, hey, guys, you know, you're, you're a young company, but if you fuck up, you should be out of the industry. That's what the vaping militia will do for you. Am I pissed? Yeah, I am. Uh, so uh, annual. Oh, wait, that's that's I'm butthurt. Okay. Uh, I'm butthurt. I feel so bad for being butthurt. Section 7. 
annual registration requirements for vapor products. Again, vapor products, not tobacco products. That's the thing. They're creating a vapor product standard. Registration by retailers. Every person, I'm reading the fucking law. Every person who owns or operates an establishment in any state engaged in retail sale of vapor product shall register that establishment with the secretary within 60 days after the enactment of this act or 30 days after first engaging in such retail sale. Oh, fucking law is so complicated. We need lawyers. Can we, can, you know, we got, we have people going around on Facebook going, don't even think until you talk to a lawyer. Don't even talk. Don't just shut the fuck up on Facebook until you get yourself a fucking lawyer. Exclusion. The requirements of this section do not apply to any establishment subject to an act of registration un- under any state law required to tobacco products under section 905 of the federal food blah 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 so how many people have to register currently okay listeners audience participation are you required to register your business with the federal government currently today because you're selling vaping gear and or e-liquids have you registered with the federal government I'm going to guess for just about uh, I'm sorry I blew it. State. Have you had to do that with your state? Has anybody had to do it with your state? And I'm, my belief is that if there are a couple exceptions out there, but essentially all 50 states and surrounding islands do not have to do this. You do not have to register with your state. And I'm, there might be some, you know, who who knows? Maybe uh, uh, Albuquerque, no, not Albuquerque, but maybe Rhode Island has some enacted something that I'm unaware of. But I'm going to say, for the most part, you don't have to do it. But that's on the state side. So that little section says exclusion, you know, that's your exclusion. So what's the harm in that? You know, uh, what VTA is saying, eh, don't worry, uh, it's no biggie, right? No biggie. Uh, so just have to give over your DBA and and all the the little information, whatever they're gonna do. They're gonna it's gonna be uh, what does it say exactly? It's it just says shall register. Whatever they're gonna fold it out, you know, whatever they're gonna ask for, uh, you're you're gonna be tagged and bagged. Okay, uh, so let's as let's but this law is so fucking complicated. We need lawyers. We need lawyers to explain this to us. Okay. I'm going to go out on a lark here and say that I can read. Item C under Section 7. Public access to registration information. The Secretary shall make available for inspection to any so person requesting any registration filed under this section. Public access to registration information. The Secretary shall make available for inspection to any person so requesting any registration filed under the section. So that means that you walk over and you say, I want to inspect this. And they say, would you like that on a CD? And then then they go, yeah, that'll be quicker. That's so nice of you. Now, whether they need to do it through a CD 
or whether they go in there with a, with a video camera and flip the pages and then collect all the whole thing. The, it boils down to anybody that wants access to all 30,000 uh, you know, uh, vape shops that ha- were required to register under the VTA scheme or uh, sorry, the VTA uh, Cole Bishop Amendment, whatever you want to call it, your catalog, the catalog of every single vape shop is available to every single anti-vaping group under the sun. It's available to me. I can walk over and grab that list. And then, I, I, you know what? I bet it's going to include your email. It'll be much easier for me you know, to pitch my shit to you if I have all your emails, wouldn't it? So this is fucked up. Or is it just me? Am I the only person that says, you know, you know, creating a tagging every single vape shop, making them all require go to the federal government, uh, and, and knowing that the FDA did 160,000 retail inspections in the year 2015, I know they have the capability. And 30,000 is is a very small percentage. It's what about 20 percent of uh, 160, maybe a little less, 17, 18, as a guesstimate. Okay, there it is. Uh, I'll consult a lawyer. I'll, I'll consult a lawyer to, to see what that sentence means because I didn't pass the fucking fifth grade. So, uh, Section 8, Definitions. As used in this act, the term vapor product means any combustible product that employs a heating element, power source, electronic circuit, or electrical, chemical, or mechanical means regardless of the shape or size to produce vapor from nicotine in a solution or other form. Vapor product includes any electronic cigarette, electronic cigarello, electronic pipe, electronic uh, similar product or device, any vapor cartridge or container of nicotine in a solution or other form. Uh, The term vapor product does not include any product regulated uh, by the FDA. So it, it's, it's pretty, it's like everything, right? It's pretty clear. Uh, and it doesn't talk about components or parts, but it talks about vapor product. It means any non-combustible product heating employs a heating element. So, you know, you can say a little bit there about uh, components or parts. Who knows? But what it does say, well, actually, what it does not say is a single word about tobacco. And it's regulating nicotine. And that is new. The reason why that... uh... All right, so there is something called a synthetic or something... There is a plant-based nicotine that has nothing to do with tobacco. And this is what I will call a contingency product, a last firewall, something that could be used to save the industry uh, under worst case scenarios. Now, I am actively trying to make sure that those worst case scenarios don't exist. But, you know, uh, this product uh, has other properties uh, such as a cleaner, crisper, clean taste. Um, And I think that uh, I will say it that uh, people don't know how to mix for different nicotine strengths. And uh, they, uh, when I go up to 12 nick, uh, your juice sucks. It might be, taste great at uh, 3%, uh, but it sucks at 12. And so uh, I think that this product, because of its cleaner propensities, uh, that it might be something that I would be interested in. And as I've said before, I've got uh, 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 a... Uh, 
a friendly acquaintance that I've uh, met uh, named Roland True Williams, uh, who uh, will uh, will I'd like to try and have on a guest on the show. I have somehow time warped myself because this it was intended to be a ten minute broadcast, and I'm looking at the clicker and it says thirty one forty two. So I'm going to put this thing out. And uh, because there it all is, uh, it, it, go ahead, make my day, come on over and uh, challenge me uh, tonight on uh, VPLiveNetwork.com uh, uh, or VaporsPlace.com. Uh, and uh, the phone lines will work. I, I assure you they will work or I'll just can the show right away. The phone lines will work. Come on. All right, so uh, that was a little presentation that I put out. It was uh, there was one thing I noticed in there that I would just want to make clear is that uh, when I was reading the document and it said any product regulated by the FDA, the latter part of the sentence that I did not say was any product that is a cessation device and or a medical device. You know that language. So that's what it was talking about. Uh, so. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I've got these uh, complainers uh, on Facebook. Uh, the, these uh, folks that had their uh, their vape advocacy elitist group, uh, and there's another group called the vaping advocacy community. These are little secret groups that uh, have more or less uh, people that aren't involved in the vaping industry, but uh, use the the moniker of vape advocate, uh, super duper vape advocate, I think sometimes they call themselves. And uh, they're going around and uh, saying, uh, get out of our group. Uh, We know what the shit is. Uh, We know what the score is. And, uh, you know, when I posted a little open letter to the industry, they banned me for, for, you know, it's not like they went on to the threads where I, where I, posted it and said, I think you're wrong. Uh, here's the point where you're wrong. Uh, they didn't do that. Uh, all they did was uh, just just throw it away. Uh, so a- as I'm going more through this document, uh, which is sponsored by uh, your friendly Big Tobacco, R.J. Reynolds and Altria and NATO and National Tobacco and all these different tobacco companies along with their distrib- distribution channel as well as some cigar people. Uh, they seem to be awfully, uh, awfully uh, concerned uh, about vapor products as they should be because these products are uh, a better product, a safer product, a product that has no documented harmful health effects by treating physicians is what I always like to say. And so uh, I just don't see these people willing to stand up for the positions that they've got. Uh, and I'm going to say that's because the, the positions that they've got are, uh, ooh, this is this is frankly very interesting. Uh, somebody seems to have spoofed a, uh, a phone number and all I see is ones. And I'm going to open it up. Hello, caller. Hey, how y'all doing tonight, man? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Y'all be talking all that shit. Indeed. What I... you talking about, white boy? <laughs> I know. You guessed it. I am white. But well, what shit in particular were you looking at uh, taking issue at? You been on them Facebooks talking that shit. I'm with the Vaping Legion. Your legion, your legioner. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I'm not familiar with the Legion, actually. I'm f familiar with the militia, but I'm not familiar with the Legion. Tell me about the Legion. We blow lots of clouds. You, know what I mean? <laughs> you got the big billowy clouds or the little small clouds? <laughs> I'm on my mech mod, just, you know, living it up. Hey, uh, how many batteries in your mech mod? Are they, are they parallel? Are they serial? How, how are your batteries aligned? I don't know, man. This is what I'm talking about. You're talking all this shit on the Facebooks. Come on, Montel. I'm telling you, I'm using the interwebs to the best of my abilities. It's fucked, man. You need to stop. Why? You need to stop. Why, why, why? What, what part of, what am I doing that I should stop? Nothing, man. I'm just fucking with you, white boy. Get your <laughs> shit together. I like the show. Alrighty, man. Thank you, sir. I, I don't know how you did that, right. but I'm impressed with your with your phone number. That is impressive. I wish I knew how to do that. I, you probably can't divulge how you did that with your phone number, can you? Star 67, white boy. Come <laughs> on now. <laughs> All right, dude. Thank Get you. Get with the program, Montel. <laughs> I'm a I'll talk bit... to you later. Thank you, sir. Peace. All right. That was a good caller. I uh, I sure hope that that all worked out. I think I do have my phone lines uh, figured out, and uh, and 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 I think his name was Montel. I'm not sure what his name was, but uh, but uh, good caller. Uh, it's sure, certainly a lot better than the, the guys on the Facebooks. So. Uh, I don't know. I can talk a little bit about some of the other things that happened this week. Uh, we uh, uh, There was an expose done on the Samantha B show. I watched it. I thought it was hilarious. A lot of people were freaked out thinking that that thing on Samantha B would be all super negative. And, uh, you know, uh, people were... Uh, Dimitri, in fact, was uh, given uh, uh, Greg Connolly grief for... Uh, for for doing that and everybody's... And so it was funny because what they did is they had these... Uh, these fat ass vapors, which I look like, I, I would be one of those. And then they had these guys; they're all very happy, and they were like, uh, "She's there." There's this one guy is saying, "I he feels better," you know, he feels better. And so, as they they pan back the camera, and you know, they're all fat lard asses. I mean, and this is so true because if you if you walk around a vape event, you see a whole bunch of guys that are that are lard asses. They're out there, and so. Uh, people are like, oh my God, you know, uh, it, it's such a terrible thing, you know. And, and then they had these other guys that were uh, their e-liquid line, and, and these guys, I guess, were Jersey boys. I'm not, not sure where their their liquid line was called. Fuck ISIS. Now I'm not sure if I would actually want to have a business out there, but you know, as an American, uh, as a guy that supports the guys in Jersey. I, I love these guys. I mean, they're out there with a thing called fuck ISIS. Who can, who in America, who in the world can disagree with fucking ISIS? Fuck them. And and then the the the, the host of Samantha B or whatever, they had a, a guest a person that wasn't the main Samantha. It was an alternate Samantha. She's like, uh, oh, you want to have sex with ISIS? No, fuck. It, you know, fuck is a very flexible word. It's it's a verb. It's an adjective. It, it's a modifier. Uh, it was it was like screw ISIS. It, it, and that doesn't mean fuck ISIS. That means screw ISIS. So that she was using, they were using fuck. I mean, it, obviously, it's it's a very clever, clever uh, marketing campaign. These fuck ISIS guys. 
so they had those guys on there. And uh, the funny thing was when she was about to go in the room, uh, there was uh, she saw all the clouds and stuff, and then she like turned tail to run out of that place. And the the guy with the boom microphone is using it like a cattle prod, pushing her back in, so she get put, gets pushed back in. And uh, I don't know. I thought it was a funny segment. So what's the end result? This is a Samantha Bee is a political show that makes fun of politicians. That's their bread and butter. And and then otherwise they make fun of other people. And so all the stuff that was going on, uh, although Greg Conley was interviewed for this show, his tape was was put on the floor. They didn't show him. But there was a thing that they put up there talking about the study that it's 95% safer. So whatever the dialogue he had with them and whatever he did when he went in to talk to them impressed them enough to where they, the only medical stuff that they put out there of any meaning was the 95% safer. So I believe that the show producers know that this is a significantly safer product and it's helping people. And their segment actually reflected that. Now there, there's these you know, young millennials, uh, these young millennial the mothers of the young millennial whiners. How about that? That's and they're all over Facebook. And that uh, the, the, these people uh, are just like if anything is, is like negative said. You know, if, if anybody uh, you know ribs somebody a little bit and, and and you know messes with them a little bit in a good natured way, they think, oh my God, it's vaping. We're all gonna fall apart. You know, that's it. We're vaping is is this delicate wallflower that will just shatter if anything comes at it like this some pe- so what if you boil the whole segment down it it says that vaping is are a bunch of vapors at a vape conference are a bunch of douchebags that's that's it <laughs> i mean that's and they had these guys uh you know and these are happy guys they they're doing interviews and those they're very nice people and she's they're calling them douchebags that's as much as they got you know, they're calling them tools and stuff like that. That's that's what they got. And the host was actually vaping. She was blowing pretty big clouds and stuff. I thought it was a fantastic segment. I, didn't, I don't think there was any downside to it. The ways it could have gone bad is if they uh, would have said, and these, you know, these crazy people are fighting the law and they're doing all this stuff. And the, and the, the if they and, and what they did is they were they were lax on the politicians. They they could have given some cover to the the Democrats, or they could have given you know that's all they would have done is given cover to the Democrats. They didn't do that. So I thought it was a fantastic segment, and uh, I thought it was funny. Um, so I don't think anybody needs to be bent out of shape on that one. Uh, what other things? Uh, then there's this whole VTA thing. Uh, VTA went on with uh, with uh, Dimitri, and they did their little uh, show. Actually, Azim went over there. And there's a, I mean, I, I was just searching around because I like to search on the interwebs, and uh, I was using my mouse and stuff, and... Uh, and uh, I went over to the Sevia site to find out what the score on Sevia is, and it turns out that uh, Azim Chowdhury is on the board of uh, of Sevia. I just don't understand how that one's going down. Because let's see if I can do a schematic in my head here. You've got VTA, and VTA has tobacco in it, and it also has people that uh, are saying uh, has the TSFA in it. And Dimitri is a big sponsor of it in some form or another. Then you got this Right to Be Smoke Free Coalition, which has, I think, uh, Dimitri's in there somewhere along that. And then Azim Chahandri is, uh, is, is part of AIMSA. 
and then AIMSA is part of the coalition, and then the coalition, uh, so, uh, so Azim is the lawyer for AIMSA, and then he's part of the coalition, and then the coalition wants to do the suing, and the suing is being done by Azim and Keller Heckman, and, you know, it, 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 it's, uh, it's cat's, it's, you know, it's a literal cat's cradle, you know, that little string game uh, that people uh, used to play back in the olden olden days uh and so it's it's a it's i don't understand what it all means frankly but it just you know i don't understand what's going on with vta and so uh vta is being run by tony did that whole long interview i I think i've got uh, more of that interview if if people really wanted to hear that uh i'm gonna try and keep it short this week Uh, so uh i don't understand why vta doesn't want to work with safada and then now I'm getting told that some of the board members of VTA are, are disgruntled. Uh, and that, that's my word is disgruntled. So let, let me pull out. I'm being told that board members on VTA are from Safada. And that, uh, the, the, that Dimitri said that uh, Safada fired the, uh, the lobbyist uh, for for Safada and that and that's why VTA picked them up. Now I don't know what the story on that is, but again, you know, you would think that it's some sort of fiduciary duty of a lobbyist to the people that hired them that they wouldn't just go and suddenly work for a competing organization that is trying to knock them down. So in my book, the ethics of this uh the, the she, he had this lobbyist on from from whoever the VTA lobbyist is. I think that's a little ethically compromised in my book. Now, obviously, my book is not a law book. It's just my book. And so I don't know why they're doing that. Um, it's very odd. So why doesn't VTA work with Safada? Uh, why doesn't uh, you know VTA work with not blowing smoke? I think just about everybody agrees that as far as a campaign, not blowing smoke has been very successful. Um, so I don't understand why when a new organization comes about uh, with, uh, with Tony Abood, uh, that uh, why they don't work with the existing structure. Now, there's a lot of people on Facebook that just say, hey, support everything. And I just don't, that doesn't quite make sense to me. Hold on a second, please. So anyway, um, I got interrupted, but... Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, you got the people that are saying everybody should work together, but then uh, they're totally ignoring the people that are not working together. And it's just, uh, oh, uh, here's another thing, is that uh, uh, I'm, I've gotten multiple reports that VTA is making a move on California. Uh, they're coming in, and they want to take over the shit. So uh, they're holding secret meetings with uh, these people, uh, a whole bunch of large companies, a whole bunch of large companies. And let me just say, if I was a large company and I got an invite from VTA to go to some sort of secret meeting to uh, have a new proposition here in the state of California, I would go. You bet you I would go because I wanted to see what shit was going down. I want to know what's happening in my own state. I would go. So I give none of these big companies that all went to this secret meeting any grief at all. I would go. I would totally be going. I don't know what they're doing. I, and there's this guy named uh, JT, JT from Vape Stars, and, and is now uh, apparently doing a show on Smoke Free Radio. Uh, he's doing a show. And uh, I guess he has uh, been moved over uh 
So I don't know what uh, what VTA wants to do here. Uh, I I think I've obviously already gone over that I think that VTA uh, has this tobacco association, and and because they have tobacco people, they they have split interests, and I'm aware that they have some very good people on their board. VTA does. There's that 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 guy Arnoud uh, Darali. Uh, I think he's a good guy. Uh, he's uh, something with the EU. I talked, I, like I said last week, I talked to him for about five minutes. He wanted uh, me to tone it down a little bit. I he was very well spoken, and and I agreed and disagreed with some of his points. Uh, but I think he's a good guy. I think he's a vapor guy. Uh, and then there's uh, Patricia Kovorkiak, uh, uh, Kovorcha. I forgot her name, uh, her last name. I can't pronounce it. She's a great person. I've met her before. Fantastic. I would love to work with her. I think, and there might be a couple other people on there too, I think they are being held hostage by Tony. Uh, somehow they had no idea that this would all go the way it is, and they're just, you know, uh, deer in the headlights. Uh, and they're being held hostage, or... That's one one that's one scenario for their hostage being taken hostage. The other is that they've actually got Stockholm uh, syndrome now, and they actually believe that they're captors uh, of what they you know they they got suckered into this thing, and now that they're captors, they're helping their captors. You know the whole Stockholm syndrome thing. I don't know. I think there's some good people there, but why the heck would they be coming into California, holding these secret meetings to do all this stuff, secret meetings right after the final rule is dropped? Wouldn't a normal organization that wants to help vapors, uh, you know, pick up the phone and be working with these other groups? So, yeah, Dimitri went on to his show and he's talking about how he disagreed with Safada and how, all the reasons why, he, you know, he left uh, the organization. Uh, for people uh, who have a little bit of a memory, they know that uh, when TSFA was created, one of the big things, how they got created, is that they leveraged on Safada. They had a Safada relationship. And somehow that's all gone kablooey. I don't know what. Uh, you know, who knows? So, uh I am uh, actively seeking information on these top secret meetings. And I, let me just say absolutely clearly, if I was a vape company of any size and I got an invitation to go to this thing, I would go. Oh, you betcha I'd go. Doesn't mean I'm going to sign up. And the weird thing is, is why the hell would this need to be secret? I know. I know. Why? <laughs> why? I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why it needs to be secret. But anyway, uh, uh, you know, VTA wants to make a statement, and they're here, and they want to uh, take over California. What other things happened this week? It, it's just been a cra It's all been a blur. Um, I listened to some of this Nocknor guy. This is one of the guys that was, you know, pounding the table for me to be banned and how he'll never talk to me on Facebook and all this other stuff. I heard this guy's show. Oh, my God. The amount of things that he gets wrong is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, and uh, it, it's, it's flabbergasting. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Hopefully, I'm going to look back at my call thing. Caller in the 949 area code. Hey, Ed. How you doing? This is Adam. Adam, uh, do you want to say your last name? Yes or no? It doesn't matter to me. No, thanks. Okay. Shoot. Hey, can can you just give me a quick run through? My my baby's crying in the other room, so I don't have time to hang on uh, on the line while you explain. But can you explain the animosity between you and Dimitri? 
I have before, uh, but uh, in general, the guy, uh, when I first came out uh, and did stuff, he, uh, he came at me. He said that uh, because I was having a fake alias that I should, uh, should not uh, be trusted whatsoever. And, uh, and he just came at me repetitively. Um, and, uh, and then there was some stuff with the diacetyl study. Uh, because I was pointing out the failures in the diacetyl study, that Dr. F study, which uh, you know that uh, that the NIS, the CDC basically told Dr. F that the numbers that he published were four times too restrictive. So like when there was a number of 66 diacetyl and everybody was freaking out about that, the number should have been... Okay, but well, well hold, hold on. Aside from, from differences in opinion, is there something else going on? between you and him it seems like anything he does you're against and I, would you would you would you agree with me if i said that that he had the best interest of vaping uh, uh in mind when he when he does what he does i would not i would not agree with so you. he he wants he wants vaping to to end is that what you're suggesting no, I'm not suggesting that. What I'm suggesting that I believe that his interests are more important than vaping's interest. And what he's doing, uh, he, he's more interested in his own things. And he has, he has his private business and he has different things. I don't think... I, why well, would he, he's, got a, he's, got a bus, he's got a business that would, would profit uh, in line with, with the success of, of vaping in general, correct? Yes, I agree. So why would he want vaping to, to go away? I don't think he. I, I, that's not my suggestion at all. I don't. You asked me what what I thought was driving him or something like that, and I was said that I think that his interests are more important than vaping's interests. So I think that he. And puts, what are his interests in in your opinion? Well, I I, I think that you know uh, that he he has his own Vista. He created this this Vista group. He's very invested in this VTA. He's uh he's now uh you know, chairman of the board for Sevia and Sevia is doing all the stuff with the Chinese. So if, if like, if there's a battle between an American modder and a Chinese modder, he's going to take the side of the Chinese modder. That's because that's his interest. Well, the, the, but, but he runs a business that's based in the United States. I, I don't see how Chinese device makers are, are more important to him to, than, than his, his own, business in the united states well yeah i i understand where your perspective is on that as far as his business but then there's the business of advocacy because right now where i'm concerned about with the chinese and specific with joytech is that joytech is absolutely ripping off evolve and they're ripping off their evolve boards and i've talked to the guys over at evolve for a very short conversation and i know that they're working on the fda regulations to make sure that their devices get passed so if so much money is sucked out of evolve to where they can't maintain their business and they're selling these rx 200 boards for like 35 bucks you know everything except the battery uh if they don't have enough money to stay in business uh then they're not going to be able to fight the fda and and there's a whole bunch of scenarios where we need evolve to win uh to to be able to survive that is and so if he's representing Joytech and Joytech is actively going after Evolve, I don't think that that, it, you know, representing the Chinese is, is good for advocacy. So advocacy is one thing and then wanting to profit from the business is another. 
and and I just think that he has misaligned uh, loyalties on, on some things. He's not a bad guy. I mean, I, I don't hate him at all, but he, he I, some of the like. He comes after people, and you just don't see it as much as I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it out very publicly, but you know, I've talked to a lot of people who've come out of the woodwork and explained well, why. If, if you've seen it, if you've seen it publicly, how how come other people haven't seen it publicly? Well, yeah, I'm saying I'm saying I've seen it publicly on me. I mean, he is he's gone after me as Tom Baker, uh, which was the first alias that I used before I got into this industry, and he's gone after me on that to where there was Okay, well I don't I don't know anything about that stuff. Okay. Uh, would uh, would you be willing to have him as a guest on your show uh uh at the very least as a call-in and and sort of hash some of these things out cuz it it from from someone who's not involved in the industry, it, it seems to me like a lot of your show is based on refuting anything that Dimitri does. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's, would you be uh, would I be willing to answer you? Or, or okay, I I used to be friends with him on Facebook, and we used to have dialogues, and it got to the point where. Uh, were during the va the vape free youth thing, I thought that the vape free youth thing was a big mistake, and I I didn't think it was a good way to go and approach the FDA. And then after he got back from the FDA, he started you know calling Mitch Zeller a liar and saying you could just look by the look at his eyes and look at his face and tell that he was a liar. I just disagreed with that approach. So he then banned me from Facebook. Well, the, the, I mean, so the, wait a second. Let me. I'll finish. Guys, I'll, let me finish. Let me, let me drive to, to let me just. Let me just. Hold on. Go ahead. The guy's putting an end to, to vaping as we know it. Uh, why would you put any trust in someone like Mitch Zeller? The, the, calling Mitch Zeller whatever you want seems perfectly logical to me. Because he's the judge, in a, in a courtroom, he's the judge. He's got the anti-vaping people and the pro-vaping people in front of him, and he's the judge. So you might not like the decision he's going to come up with, but he's enabled. He's the judge. So you have to deal with him. And, and despite everything vapors have done to, to try and save this industry and try to save the, the people that are still smoking, he's come out with these deeming regulations. He, he's the person that, 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 that is at the head of all this. Uh, and this is this is his decision. What, what's come out in the, in the last couple of weeks? Uh, why not Why not say that that he's he's the fucking devil? I mean, it's, as far as I'm concerned, he's 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 nothing. Who cares if he gets insulted? It it it, it makes no difference to us. This this is his decision, and the things that we say and have said in the past with all these petitions, all these showing up to to meetings and showing up to. Uh, to to, to Senate conferences and, and all this stuff, it, it, it seems to not matter to him one bit. So, so who cares if he gets insulted? At this point, it, it, clearly our interests don't matter to him. So, so who cares if someone who's who's a a figurehead in the vaping, vaping world says that he's a liar? Because clearly he is. R read through what's what's in the deeming regulations. There's clearly the public uh, health is not. Um, at the top of his list of, of things to worry about. Well, uh, what, what, it's not his law, and it's, and it's not only his decision. What happened was that Congress passed the Tobacco Control Act. The president signed it, and once they, they, it was signed, it was given over the FDA to implement. They are forced to implement the law. 
because they're an agency and that the agency has to do that. So they were given a law and they were told that you have to do this. And the first thing they did is they took a crack at it by uh, trying to ban everything back in 2009. Then they, they did all the other stuff and now this deeming rule has hey, come Ed, out. Ed, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Feel free to, to expand, but I've, I've really got to... Uh, is there any other point you want to make now. before I, you get I, off? That's that's it. No, I, I appreciate it. No, I would, I would be willing to do it. I, 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 I would be willing to do that, but I don't think Dimitri is, uh, but I certainly would be. Thank you for okay. calling. Thanks, Ed. Thanks. All right, so I'm just going to go ahead and try and finish off because I, I understood his points, and uh, I will apologize now for uh, uh, being a little bit, uh, 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 what is it? Uh, I, w I was being too jocular at the beginning, uh, and so it took me a while to uh, to try and uh, and, and match his, his level of concern. So I, I do, do uh, I think that makes sense. Uh, but what he was saying is that it was Mitch Zeller's lie, and why should we uh, not just go ahead and insult Mitch Zeller? And and I, I agree that that's generally out there. That's a, a that's a large belief. I I I just have to go with the way that I've been able to get through life in general is that you know you stand in a line, and then you wait your turn, and then when you get up there, uh, there's somebody at the window, and uh, and how your interaction with that person is going to be really determined by your demeanor. If you walk up there, you know, just all pissed off and, and slamming and asking, you know, and you're going to get a response from that person that looks like that. You're, you're, they're going to echo you. Uh, but if you go up there and you, 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 you smile at them and you say, you know, oh, you know, it's, uh, the weather's terrible today. And, uh, you know, the, you, you have a conversation with the person and uh, you're going to find you're going to have a better experience. And, uh, you know, as I've said before, that I've litigated a couple of cases. And the, the one thing that you want to do is you want to be as nice as possible to the court clerk. And if you are not, things won't go your way. And so in, in the case of uh, this Knocknor guy, he went on his show and we watched this, uh, this little FDA round table thing uh, where they had a lot of questions and answers. And uh, I actually, I, I could play that uh, now if I wanted to go longer, uh, but uh, maybe I'll do that later. There was the, the whole webinar and... Uh, and so what, what Knocknor did is he went on his broadcast and he called the women on that show bimbos. And I just don't think that that is going to be helpful to have people from the Smoke Free Network, which is Dimitri's network, calling members of the FDA that are out there answering questions bimbos. I don't agree with it whatsoever. And I don't think it's helpful. And so, you know, I, I am, I've seen Mitch Zeller. I've shaken his hand. I've talked to him. And... You know, I don't know, uh, he, he's a tough read, uh, you know, where he's coming from. I have heard him say that if everybody was to switch to vapor products, that it would be a better thing. So when I hear that, I'll listen to it and I'll save that because that's, that's a pretty discreet and solid statement. It's, it's true. It's absolutely true, too. He also says that he wants to have science-based regulation. Uh, and so when I, I want to be science-based advocacy. So if he is, uh, if he's saying that he wants to be science-based, 
it's fantastic because I have the science on my side. So uh, this week, uh, you know, uh, Dimitri was uh, just, you know, lodging, him and his network are, are lodging, you know, nasty grams over to uh, the FDA. And whether or not you think that is uh, detrimental or, or deserved or whatever you think about that, uh, I, I don't think it's going to be helpful. Uh, I just don't. And uh, let me go and uh, see if I can find these real fast. He, he posted a uh, meme that says, if Chantix didn't make you kill yourself, our webinar will. I mean, if this guy is representing the Chinese and he's trying to piss off the FDA, he's succeeding in it. What there? There's only this thing that says our webinar will, you know, it'll kill, make you kill yourself. If there's zero upside to that statement and it's all downside, there's no way that the FDA will read that and it'll be good for you. The only thing that can happen, it'll be either neutral or down. There's there's no upside to it, zero, not a chance. So why so why represent the industry that way? And this guy has met with Zeller and, and a group of you know ten other people, so he was one of the one of the ten or twelve that went there. And when he went there, uh, the FDA had uh, had researched the people that were in that room. There was one vendor in there that had knee liquid that uh, they didn't like, and and uh, you know the head of the CTP himself handed him a picture of his website several layers deep into his website, saying, "What about this?" And uh, and so I, I think that uh, it's reasonable to expect that the chairman of the Chinese consortium is going to have an FDA intern just monitoring his Facebook once a day. I wouldn't be it wouldn't be surprising to me. Um, and that would so uh, he also posted this protecting our kids and the nation's health but fuck you smokers you can die fda webinar hashtag fda webinar i watched that webinar I, you know they i was you know i don't know I, i'm, I'm going to be the contrarian again i guess because i thought they answered a ton of questions and there was some disagreement uh, there was uh i don't know their names but there was the one woman on the right hand side uh with long uh brown hair and then there was the woman on the uh, left hand side with long black hair and then there was the other woman with uh with uh steel gray hair uh, and uh and the 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 two brunettes were actually having a little bit of a disagreement on what they were interpreting but each of the things that they were saying were true statements. So I'm going to have to go through all of that and peel out what I really need to see from that. But it's absolutely clear that the contingency product that I've been talking about that that could, uh, you know, uh, that doesn't have nicotine in it, but it, uh, sorry, doesn't have tobacco in it, but has nicotine in it, that that could be a very important product. There's nothing I saw in that meeting that made me think that tobacco-free nicotine is not a complete solution. In fact, I think I think it is a complete solution still, and I'll f keep on finding information until until I find it, it's not true. But uh, you know, that one statement was uh, if it if you had a vending machine. And the vending machine had e-cigarettes in it. And all of the e-cigarettes did not have nicotine and they did not have tobacco flavorings in it. Would that vending machine be okay? 
and the woman on the left-hand side uh, with the darkest hair said that it would not be controlled by the Tobacco Control Act. And that supports everything that I've been saying about the way that hardware will be regulated. So I, I know that there's a lot of people, and I haven't talked to a lot of people, uh, but I think the, the last caller, I believe his name was Adam, is kind of reflective of, is that there are people that have heard a lot of information that that are been freaked out. And I do not believe that any mod or tank sold independently of nicotine derived from tobacco e-liquid, that it's just off, that's off by itself, uh, that it's going to be able to be controlled by the FDA. Now, that, the next thing that people say, well, what if you sell it in the same store? Well, if you sold it in the same store, I think that you're using logic that just doesn't work because it, it's you're talking a finished goods uh, is something that is a, is a definition a finished tobacco product. Just think of something with a UPC code. Now, if if you were selling those two things next to each other, um, you, you know they they're clearly are saying that if you sell a flavoring and then you sell a little tiny bottle of nicotine and you're supposed to marry the two together, they you're not going to be able to get away with that. So that, that I'm not talking about that one because that's obviously a cheat and they've already closed that loophole. But if if you were to be selling a, let's use a Proveri again, a Proveri and a battery, and then you had a tank and, you, and you're selling all of those things, none of those are tobacco products. And then somewhere else in the store, you're selling e-liquid and that has nicotine in it. That e-liquid is a tobacco product. Now, if you could just say, oh, it's all in the same store, I think every single grocery store in the United States would be closed down because there's so many different products that you can combine together to make any sort of things. You know, a modern day grocery store has all these things being sold under it. And you can't say, well, if you take the, you know, I go to Walmart, for example, and I, I go over here and they have this and they go over here, then they have this and they, you know, and all these different things and they're all being sold by Walmart. So I don't think they can do it. So those negotiations with the, the FDA, I kind of think that the FDA is frustrated with the attacks that are coming at them. Uh, but I have also not gone through all of the webinars yet. I am That webinar, there's a ton of information in it. The FDA is communicating much more. I don't think that Zeller is the person that has control all over, over all of this. Um, and... You know, if you if you read the list of people that are on the on the Cole Bishop bill, there's a whole bunch of uh, tobacco companies on there too. Uh, so it's not like they've got everything that they want either. Uh, so I don't think that vaping is going away, and it certainly is not going away for two years. So uh, nobody needs to go out and start buying nicotine. Uh, you know, there is right now we've got two years. And, and, and people just heard that and said, oh, that asshole on the radio, whatever, just said, oh, yeah, I got two years, two years is nothing. Fine, I agree with all of that. I understand your point. But I'm just saying we've got two years to get our shit straight and get, you know, and, and what I'm looking at is doing compliance with the FDA, is actually submitting the paperwork to show that we are a better product. And I've looked at what you have to do to demonstrate to the FDA that the product is a public health benefit and then uh, the cost, the estimated cost of what you're going to need to do for toxicology. Uh, 
and um, I, I think I think I've got all the data I need to do a pass a, a, a PMTA right now, and so do other companies. Other companies think that as well, and so there's a lot of companies that are are digging in, companies that 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 sell e-liquid uh, that people don't even think about. I think they're going to get past the FDA. I think a lot of people will. Um, it depends how you're going to go about it. Uh, if you think that your only option is to sue the FDA, um, if that lawsuit fails, which there's, a, I think, a 95% chance that it will fail, um, that that's then, then you're game, set, and match for you if you're not going to do anything differently. So everybody better start working on these uh, the PMTAs. Uh, because if it's not a PMTA, it's going to be an SE if you want to keep on keeping your flavors out there. Uh, and the other option uh, is everything I just said is moot. Uh, you go and use the uh, tobacco-free nicotine, and you're in business. So that's my game plan. Now, I am actively uh, saying stuff that is against my best interests. And I don't think you'll ever hear a Dimitri do that. But what I just said is that uh, I am trying to make a business out of selling picks and shovels to get people past the PMTAs. But then I just also said that I believe tobacco-free nicotine is a complete solution, that, you, that the FDA can't touch it. So if that's the case, I, you, you would think that I wouldn't to want tobacco-free nicotine, wouldn't you? But what I'm saying, and what's gotten me into all this sort of trouble, is that VTA is pushing a bill called the Cole Bill Bishop, uh, the Cole Bishop Amendments, that destroys the entire argument for TFN. So let me say that again: there is a product that is outside of the scope of the FDA regulatory requirements right now, right now, and it's a viable product and it's one that is not cost prohibitive it's easily affordable to any e-liquid manufacturer it's capacity constraint and I've done manufacturing before and I understand capacity strength all too well but there's ways around that you can add a second shift you can add a third shift or you can buy stuff that costs you more than you want to be paying for, and, and there's all sorts of ways to fix capacity if there's demand. You, you, capacity constraint is, is a better problem to have than demand constraint. So this Cole Bishop bill takes the legs out of everything that tobacco-free nicotine could be because it regulates nicotine as itself, and it doesn't need to be derived from tobacco. So when I see Dimitri and VTA just just tossing this out there, and then when I see uh, the Vapor Tobacco Association say that, oh look, uh, he went on with a white cloud that white cloud presentation, and he and he said straight face that uh, it doesn't create a vapor product standard, and he said no, that he denied it, denied it entirely. I just read the law at the beginning of the show, and absolutely it does create a vapor product standard that will be regulated and then any nicotine item inside of that will be regulated and right now there is no regulations on nicotine we just have the deeming regulation that just happened two weeks ago that that deems tobacco generated nicotine 
as something and it's rather it is a, it is rather specific to tobacco nicotine and if you watch the workshop where uh Nor was calling those women bimbos you'll hear them say and confirm that to you and you don't need a lawyer to listen to them and so i i i'm fine with what they said there's nothing that they said that scared me I was happy that they were so direct, especially the the woman on the left-hand side with the darkest hair. She was very direct. There was very specific questions that were asked to her, and she just said yes and no, and that was all. And she definitely understood the questions that were being asked to her, and there was a lot of good information there. So when you know Smoke Free Network goes on air and calls these women bimbos, it bothers me. When Dimitri goes on his air and calls Mitch Zeller, he can look at his eyes, look at his face, and tell he's a liar. It bothers me. That's the judge. He's got the the anti-vaping groups coming to him, and he's got us coming to him, and he's got to figure out how to best balance that out. And there's a lot of things about vaping that, that you know, he just runs the little CTP department. You know, there's I think that Chantix should be taken off the market right now it has a black box warning on it and that black box warning it means that it should only be prescribed if there is no better product out there to treat the ailment that it is using and there's a recent uh, thing with a person that uh, that uh, with this anti uh, antibiotic or antivirus I think it was an antibiotic uh, that was used on people uh, Vaseril or something like that um, I know a woman that was harmed by that thing. It, it it made her tendons mush, and she has problems with her hands now. That had a black box warning on it, yet it was still prescribed. I think there's a major failing in our medical system that allows doctors to make prescriptions of black box items when I don't think they even look at the package inserts anymore. They just go off onto their little apps, and they'll scroll through their app and say, oh, I could use this. And it doesn't have it. So there's there's things about Chantix that 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 product should be taken off the market. And so uh, that'd be something to work on Zeller for. But I I think that the deeming is a mountain. But if you have a team of mountain climbers, it's just a mountain. <laughs>